Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is May 26th, 2022, and our first story. Oklahoma has just signed the most restrictive abortion ban in the country. Women can now be held responsible. Individuals can now sue. It's very similar to Texas's law. But this would make all abortion from the moment of conception illegal and punishable by a civil penalty. Later this year, it will become a felony. Now, the interesting thing is when you look at the data on abortion, it's a major red pill. 81% want late trimester abortions banned. Yet for some reason, eight jurisdictions, seven states and D.C. allow it. Let's take a look at what's going on with the latest moves. In our next story, Beto O'Rourke is slammed as a sick SOB for heckling at a press conference on the Texas tragedy. In our next story, the corporate press is desperate to cancel Ricky Gervais over transphobic jokes, but it's not working. The woke cult is losing. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars, and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. The governor of Oklahoma has just signed the most restrictive abortion law in the country, outlawing the practice. Now, they've already signed the bill making providing an abortion a felony. But this new bill will allow individuals to sue anyone who aids or abets in an abortion. My friends, as we talk about civil war and people like Robert Reich, a prominent liberal, discuss the notion that abortion may be the catalyst for some kind of civil war or at the very least create some kind of peaceful divorce. Taking a look at what's happening in this country with both extreme ends from banning abortion to unrestricted abortion access paints a very disturbing picture. I think we're, da- we're, we're heading dangerously close to something very serious as we see more actions like this. But this is the first time in maybe 50 years that Republicans are actually taking action in favor of hard pro-life stances. Now, I know many on the left will screech and say, what? Republicans have been opposing our laws and policies. Yes, 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 yes. Hold on. I know the Republicans oppose pro-choice and pro-abortion legislation. But they've not been enacting the inverse until recently, probably because of Roe v. Wade and KCV Planned Parenthood has Republicans actually just been slowing down Democrat policies. What I think a lot of Democrats, liberals and leftists don't understand is that there aren't two sides here. When the left says we want gun control, 
The right says, okay, but maybe a little bit less. The right isn't coming out and saying, repeal the National Firearms Act. The right isn't coming out and saying, take away all these gun control bills. They're saying, okay, we'll give you a little bit. Because of this, there's this perception among the left that Republicans are steamrolling them, not realizing they're getting what they want, unfortunately, just slowly. As I look into these laws around abortion and the polls, and as I talk to regular Americans, I have to say the left has lost their minds on this one, for sure. Now, don't get me wrong. I think an outright abortion ban, allowing individuals to sue, even the woman involved and charging doctors of the felony, is an extreme end. There is right now only one state that has banned abortion. And they've actually answered many of the left's questions. When you look to the latest abortion ban, they actually say things like rape and incest. Yep, you can still get an abortion. Health of the mother, no problem. What they're getting rid of is elective abortion. Now, when you take a look at the actual data on abortion in the US, you will be shocked. First, abortion was almost entirely illegal in this country before Roe v. Wade. Also, 81%, I believe the number, uh, of people in this country as of 2018 oppose late-term abortion. Now, if that's the case, why are Democrats going to the other extreme end? I'm not convinced anyone who is a normal American, a regular moderate, middle-of-the-road American, is being served by bills like Oklahoma's or by Colorado's. But get this. I believe, I believe it's seven. Seven states that have no restrictions at all on abortion. That is to say, moments before giving birth, they can kill the baby. But most Americans don't agree with that. Now, if it's true that most Americans don't agree with that, how is it that there are more states that allow that than ban it? Because even then, you have a large percentage of states, a large number of states in this country that allow abortion at viability. So if 81% want restrictions at viability, why aren't the people being served? I believe it's because the left is and has been gaining ground and taking what they want. And there has been a spineless Republican party that has not pushed back. Well, here's the problem. You're not going to get that middle of the road, especially not in these days. I think all that's going to happen is both sides were, sides will hyperpolarize. And as we discuss the, the, the potential for a major conflict, peaceful divorce or potentially civil war, I think let's do a deep dive into these bills. Yo, when I read the Wikipedia for abortion in the U.S., it was a major red pill. I think this is going to blow your minds. I think most of you who watch this consider yourself to be fairly moderate, maybe moderate left or moderate right leaning. Many people who are disaffected liberals, many people from the Midwest, similar people to me. It's probably why you like Elon Musk, but not everybody agrees. Some of you probably disagree. Wait until you see the data on this stuff, and you'll be shocked to discover exactly what's going on in this country under all of our noses. Because I'm sure you're a regular person. I'm sure you're saying, look, I think abortion should be the woman's choice, but at a certain point, maybe viability. We should protect the life of the baby as well because we want to be reasonable and we don't want babies just to be killed. Wait till you see the data. Maybe then you might be like, yo, the Democrats have lost the plot. That's where I'm at. That's completely where I'm at. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member if you want to support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. Not family-friendly shows, a lot of swearing. Adult conversations, it's fun. It's like Timcast After Dark. 
You don't want your kids listening to this one. So as people put up the regular show on their radios while they're driving their kids to work or, you know, listening at home, the website version, not so family friendly. But you'll also be supporting our journalists who are doing deep dives on these articles. You're supporting our mission and our infrastructure. So don't forget, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's read that first story from TimCast.com. Oklahoma governor signs law banning abortion from moment of conception. The state now has the strictest abortion law in the nation. Now, what I find fascinating here is that it seems they've addressed every argument from the left. The only argument the left has now is we want elective abortion. Now, that's where things get interesting. Take a look. The law, House Bill 4327, went into effect immediately upon signing and bans abortions unless the procedure is necessary to save the life of the mother or is the result of rape or sexual assault or incest. That has been reported to law enforcement. Now, I personally don't agree with that because I think the risk is you will get false reports. And that's dangerous. I also think, man, there are tough questions around the privacy of the woman that the Supreme Court that enacted, uh, that, that um, initially drafted the Roe v. Wade decision. I think they made some interesting points. They even discussed viability. I'm not going to pretend to have all the moral answers for you. So let's just talk policy. Removing a miscarried fetus or ectopic pregnancy will not be considered an abortion. Quote, I promised to Oklahomans that as governor, I would sign every piece of pro-life legislation that came across my desk, and I am proud to keep that promise today. From the moment life begins at conception is when we have a responsibility as human beings to do everything we can to protect the baby's life and the life of the mother. That is what I believe, and that is what the majority of Oklahomans believe. If other states want to pass different laws, that is their right. But in Oklahoma, we will always stand up for life. Similar to the Texas Heartbeat Act, the bill will allow individuals to file civil lawsuits against anyone who performs or aids and abets an abortion. I can only assume that means the woman who's actually pregnant. The legislation says the plaintiff must be awarded injunctive relief sufficient to prevent the defendant from violating this act or engaging in acts that aid or abet violations of this act and statutory damages in an amount not less than $10,000 for each abortion that the defendant performed or induced in violation of this act. And for each abortion performed or induced in violation of this act, that the defendant aided or abetted, the guilty party will also be responsible for the plaintiff's attorney's fees and potentially compensation for any emotional distress they were subject to. Interesting. I imagine that means if you're a woman and you're pregnant and you go to the doctor, you're aiding and abetting in that abortion. The law will not prohibit plan B, morning after pills, or any other type of contraception or emergency contraception. Last week, the White House issued a statement condemning the ultra-MAGA officials behind the legislation. We also know, outside of this, Oklahoma governor signs bill making it a felony to perform an abortion. Now, that's not quite, in, that, that hasn't been enacted yet. That will be going into effect sometime this summer. They say over at NBC, under the bill, anyone convicted of performing an abortion would face up to 10 years in prison. The first thing I want to say is, you need to understand the definition of abortion. To make things clear, make things clear, I want to read for you the CDC's definition of abortion. They say, for the purpose of surveillance, a legal induced abortion is defined as an intervention performed by a li licensed clinician within the limits of state regulations that is intended to terminate a suspected or known ongoing intrauterine pregnancy that does not result in a live birth. Most states and reporting areas that collect abortion data report if abortion was medical or surgical. Medical abortions are legal procedures that use medications instead of surgery. 
That is to say, if a woman is pregnant with a viable baby. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. An abortion would mean killing that baby. Now, the reason I would say killing as opposed to terminating the pregnancy, pre-viability, the baby cannot survive on its own. Now, many people argue there's no such thing as viability because babies up to three years can't survive on their own either. And the fact that newborn babies require formula or breast milk also suggests they aren't capable of surviving on their own. But that's, that's getting a little nitpicky. I think for the purpose of a discussion on the the adoption of rights. I think it's important to say when the baby can live outside the mother, we have a question that needs to be answered. Yo, a 10-year-old is not going to survive on its own. You put a 10-year-old out in the middle of the woods, it's not going to do all that well. You put a 10-year-old in the middle of the city, it's also not going to survive. Homeless people who are adults, many of them get by, albeit not well. But this is the definition of abortion, and it's important to understand. Now, I pulled up this here from USA Today. Who are the extremists? Democrats refuse to say if they'd put any limits on abortion. Eric Adams made that point. Many others have made similar points. I want to talk to you about what that means. Before we do, let me show you the numbers, give you a general understanding of what's happening in this country. I don't know your stance on abortion, but the reason I think this is relevant is that we may be getting the ruling on Roe v. Wade and Casey v. Planned Parenthood, or is it Planned Parenthood v. Casey? I don't know, one or the other. I believe that will be uh, Rowan Casey. We'll put it that way. This could be next week. Could be any Monday. We don't know. The Supreme Court has, you know, we, we know there's that leaked opinion. I decided to look at what the state's laws were. Abortion in the United States makes it very easy. This may actually blow your mind. Take a look at this map. For those that are just listening, I'll, exp I'll, I'll explain it to you. We have a color coded map showing you each state's and their abortion laws. There is only one state where abortion is illegal. And that's not even fair to say. Abortion availability in the U.S. by fetal gestational age. In Oklahoma, Wikipedia's chart shows it as illegal, except they still allow abortion in many circumstances. Well, okay, ectopic pregnancy, yes. Medical for the life of the mother, mm, yeah, they allow that. Rape and incest, where charges are filed, they do. So it's actually not illegal. They actually allow abortion all throughout viability. Ah, but are we talking about elective abortion? Yes. And Wikipedia actually breaks that down. Take a look at this. The purple color code is no restrictions. That's Oregon. That's Colorado. You have Alaska. You have New Jersey, Vermont, Maryland, D.C. 
And uh, I believe, is this uh, New Mexico? I think it's New Mexico. I always mix up Mexico. I think, yeah, it's New Mexico, right? I mix up that in Arizona. No restrictions. That means up to the point of birth, a viable baby for no reason can be killed. I want to stress that. When they say Oklahoma, it's illegal. They are not talking about medical rape, incest, assault, etc. They're talking about elective abortion in all of this. This means in seven, I believe seven jurisdictions, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight jurisdictions because we're including D.C. Up to the point of birth, you can terminate the life of the baby. Elective abortion. Now, here's what's really fascinating. Let me scroll down and show you where Americans stand on these issues according to the polls. Then I'll go back and show you why people are getting abortions. This one really blew my mind. A CNN USA Today Gallup poll in 03 asked about the legality of abortion by trimester. Using the question, do you think abortion should generally be legal or generally illegal during each of the following stages of pregnancy? They've continued these polls going up to 2018. So for the sake of relevance, let's use the 2018 poll. In the first trimester, 60% of people said it should be legal. 34 said illegal. Wow. A third of people think that you should not be allowed to have an abortion in the first trimester. Take a look at this. Within the second trimester, it more than inverts. Only 28% of people polled thought it should be legal in the second trimester. 65 said illegal. And in the third trimester, 81% said illegal. Seven states and D.C. have no restriction. If 81% of people think that should not be, then why it be? They accuse me, these smear pieces. They're like, Tim Pool's obsessed with late-term abortion. I'm not obsessed with it. They say it never happens. Yeah, I don't care if it happens. I'm talking about policy and polling. I'm talking about politics, not medical procedures. I am asking you, why is it illegal if most people don't want it to be? And it never happens. That I find very strange. By circumstances or reasons, this one's fascinating. In 2021, legal under any circumstances, 32. Legal under only cer- certain circumstances, like Oklahoma, for instance, 48. And illegal in all, 19. Now, this is where things get really interesting. Because we're talking about 67% of people who think the country should be like Oklahoma. Look at this. Legal only under certain circumstances. In Oklahoma, you can't have an elective abortion. That means no reason. And that's actually what we have. Most people don't want that. That's crazy to me when you look at the polling. This is what they're not telling you. They try and use various polls to say most people believe it should be legal within a certain time frame to claim they're pro-choice. But most people mean legal under certain circumstances. Wikipedia in their map actually says Oklahoma is illegal, even though Oklahoma is illegal in certain circumstances. Breaking down exactly what people mean is difficult, and that I understand. But let's take a look at what they say the reason for abortion was. Reasons contributing to an abortion. 25.5% want to postpone childbearing. 21.3% cannot afford a baby. 14.1 has relationship problem or partner does not want this. 12.2 is too young. 10.8 having a child would disrupt education. 7.9 want no more children. Only 3.3 is the risk to fetal health. 2.8 is a risk to maternal health. 2.1% other. 
of those who get late term abortions, 71% said woman did not recognize she was pregnant or misjudged gestation. To me, that's uh, that's kind of crazy. That people, 71% of late term abortions are like, oops, I mean, I didn't know. Let's take a look at definitions. This one was a major red pill for me. From Wikipedia's abortion section, induced, they say over one third are unintended and about a fifth end in an induced abortion. Most abortions result from unintended pregnancies. In the UK, one to two percent of abortions are done due to genetic problems in the fetus. A pregnancy can be intentionally aborted in several ways, yet only one to two percent. When I saw these numbers, I feel like it was a major red pill moment because I consider myself pro-choice. And that is to say a woman should make the decision if she should have an abortion, but I believe there should be restrictions. So I think Oklahoma goes too far. I think most of these states actually, well, I shouldn't say most, many of them probably hit it on the head. And it's a real moral challenge. If the baby can't survive on its own, there's a lot of issues pertaining to abortion that I just think is not, it's hard to know when the government should be involved. And it's a very difficult moral question. I don't have the answers to. I can't even pretend to give you a good argument. It's more of an emotion. That's really all it is. I think life begins at conception, but I believe there are challenges faced by individuals have discussions with their doctors. Now, here's the challenge for me. I despise elective abortion. I do. I just, it's emotional. That's the only answer I can give you. By all means, I have no answer. That's it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend for tribal reasons I'm, I'm pro-life, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend I have good reasons for being pro-choice. But if you take a look at this map, you can see many states, 20 weeks, 22 weeks, 24 weeks. This is well beyond what Europe allows. Europe like basically bans abortion at 12. We have one state that's around six weeks, just one. And I think it's uh, Texas, which is 15. Is it, is it Texas? And then you have, what is this, Mississippi? That is 20 weeks. So look. These, for the most part, except for Texas and Oklahoma, are less restricted than Europe is. Now, you take a look at all of these states that look blue on this map. California, Nevada, Washington, even Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Minnesota, Illinois. Viability. They allow elective abortion at viability. Let me show you what's crazy. If you look at this map, pre-Roe v. Wade, most states, it was illegal. That's so crazy to me. In the states that are yellow, is legal in the case of danger to women's health, rape, incest, or likely damaging the fetus. So California, pre-1973, was like Oklahoma is now. Now, I'm not saying we should go back in time or anything like that. Alaska used to be legal on request. New York was and Washington was pre-Roe v. Wade. Hawaii was. I just think it's a major red pill. So let's go back to this article. Who are the extremists? Democrats refused to say if they'd put any limits on abortion. Eric Adams said he wouldn't. Tim Ryan said he wouldn't. Joe Biden said he wouldn't. They've all said woman's choice, woman's choice, woman's choice, woman's choice. But most Americans don't want that. I mean, I think you would ask the average person if they were pro-life, pro-life, I mean, pro-choice, they might say they were. But then when you get into the nuance of it, even at nine months, eight months, eight and a half, seven, then they say, whoa, 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 I don't know about that. I was talking to a friend of mine in New York, and he said he was pro-choice. And he said he liked Trevor Noah, and Trevor Noah gave him an argument that it should be the choice of the individual, not even the states. And I said, what do you mean by pro-choice? 
And he was like, you know, it's like within a certain amount of time, I guess the woman should make the decision. And I said, what if the baby can survive outside of the mother? And he was like, well, I mean, you, you shouldn't kill it. And then I was like, right. Yeah, see, Democrats are proposing you can. And I've repeatedly asked about this. Take a look at this from PolitiFact, even PolitiFact. Kathy Tran, quote, right now, women are able to access an abortion in the later stages of their pregnancy under certain conditions with approval of their medical doctors. I've done nothing to change that. PolitiFact, false. This is amazing. PolitiFact says false. false. Kathy Tran, if you're not familiar, proposed a bill that would allow elective abortion up to the point the woman was giving birth. The bill failed, probably because that's insane, but they are trying. Now, I'm not saying these things happen all that often. They don't. It is rare. I've never argued it was common. My question is, why are you trying to make it legal? So they go on to say that right now in Virginia, three doctors have to certify the abortion is, is, is necessary. Under Kathy Tran's bill, one. Brett Bayer presses Tim Ryan on late-term abortions. And who said, you've got to leave it up to the woman? No, you don't. If the baby can survive, there is no reason to kill it. Now, for all those people who say, it never happens, I give you Andy No, who tweets, Jennifer Thompson is an extremist abortion and BLM activist in Portland, has shared in graphic detail her recent decision to end the life of her viable baby at nearly seven months of pregnancy. She was an attendee of the Antifa riots in 2020. Portland abortion and BLM activist says that close to 28 weeks of pregnancy, she had a procedure done at Oregon Health and Science University where an injection was used to stop her daughter's heart. From there, she went into labor to expel the girl. That's an abortion. Abortion is defined, as I showed you at the CDC, termination of a pregnancy that does not result in a live birth. That means she could have terminated the pregnancy in a way that delivered the baby and the baby could have been put in an ICU and survived. No, she terminated a viable baby's life. I am not, I am just asking the question and bringing up these issues. Most people don't want that. So why is it legal? Now I can say, if you're Oregon or you live in one of these blue states, at this point, my attitude has been less federal power. When Roe v. Wade, they say Roe v. Wade may be overturned. And actually, Roe and Casey, you know, allowing it in some stages, I'm, I'm actually, that's pretty much where I'm at. I don't think it should be completely illegal. Although I, I, I again, I don't have all the answers. It's tough, right? I, I just sit here dumbfounded half the time. And I'll admit it. I'm like, bro, I don't know. You know, I've heard the arguments and good ones too, especially from the pro-life crowd. And they've, they've shifted my opinion on a lot of things. But I still hit this emotional feeling of like imagining being told by the government you have to have someone else in your body. I know, I know. Agree or disagree. Talk. That's a strong, strange position, I got to say. But looking at where we're headed, civil war. I say it. I know people don't like it. What's the solution? Should the federal government tell states like Oregon that allow this, they can't allow this anymore? Should the federal government tell most of these states that had it illegal that they must allow it? Or should the states be allowed to make their own decisions? If you, if you don't want the abortions to happen, what do you do? This is what led to the first civil war. It's not so easy to say, just don't go there. Many pro-abortion uh, activists are saying, if you don't want an abortion, don't get one. If you don't like abortion, leave the state not understanding the actual argument. The argument is that you are killing the innocent. 
That's it. You're killing the innocent. They say, how could you be pro-life and pro-death penalty? Because people who get the death penalty are not innocent. That's really it. Now, some people call me out because I don't like the death penalty either. My, my, my issue is if you can prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, um, I'm actually not against the death penalty outright. I just don't trust the government to prove guilt. I think they lie, cheat and steal. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think people can, can, can um, forfeit their lives if they're engaged in certain actions like threatening others, causing violence. It happens in war. Again. I don't have all the answers. What I can say is I'm looking at this and I'm seeing the hyperpolarization. Taking away federal authority from the issue may help stave off some of this, some of this escalation of violence, but it will not be a long-term solution. You know, I talked about this for the past several days about the uh, start of the Civil War, 1860. You had slave states and you had free states. The slave states were angry that they were subjected to federal authority because the North wasn't. They had the Fugitive Slave Act where the North was supposed to be returning slaves that had escaped. They were not. The South said, why should we abide by federal authority if the North won't? There was no good answer. So they said, okay, then we secede. Abraham Lincoln became president when seven states had already seceded. And he said, no, I reject this and started trying to occupy these federal forts or refusing to leave them. Fighting breaks out. Then many more states seceded from the Union. The issue was no one was satisfied with what other states were doing. Now, the war was mostly about stopping secession. Well, let me clarify that. The war started, but the animosity, the fight, and the moral values behind it was about slavery. What I mean to say is if there was no effort to seize federal forts, secession would have happened. So the fighting started because of these forts. But the South and the North, the North was like, what you are doing in your state is wrong. The South said, what you are doing in your state is wrong. You're supposed to return to us, these slaves. And of course, slavery was wrong. The, the point was, neither was satisfied with just being left alone. When the South said, we'll secede and mind our own business because the North wasn't agreeing to the terms anyway, the, uh, the North was like, we're not giving up these weapons. So if right now, we ban abortion in the United States and the blue states, Oregon, California, or even Alaska, you know, which is more conservative. If they secede, I don't know what Alaska would do in a civil war. That'd be funny or Hawaii. But if they do, is it going to be Donald Trump who says this is illegitimate? And no, you can't. Because it's these states that say we should be allowed to do this thing. They're saying that under federal law, red states are supposed to allow abortion. And then Oklahoma says, no, we're banning it. And they say, but you're not, you're defying federal law. Sound familiar? Here's another article from, uh, from Fox News. MSNBC host slams idiot GOP lawmaker for committee questions on late-term abortion. Planned Parenthood's Dr. Colleen McNicholas said Republicans are trying to sow distrust in public health officials. Guest host Katie Fang discussed the, the Supreme Court decision. 
I think the uh, do you support the right of a woman who is just seconds away from birthing a healthy child to have an abortion? She said, I think the question that you're asking does not realistically reflect abortion care in the United States. Full stop. Don't care. Sophistry, manipulation, deceit and evil. The question needs to be answered because many Democrats have said they should allow it and the law would if passed. Democrats tried passing that. They don't want to answer because they know we, the American people, 81% oppose it, and there is no reason to legalize it. When you are looking at Oklahoma that has made it illegal, if you have a baby that is ectopic, if you have severe medical issues, they will allow you to abort the baby. So this needs to be answered. They don't answer it because they don't have the answers from The Verge. Democrats say Google must curb location tracking before Roe repeal. Imagine this. Imagine slavery was alive today. And a, and a slave state said, Google should stop tracking the people who are, uh, who are keeping slaves. The North outlaws slavery. And so they say before slavery is outlawed, you need to stop people who are still engaging in the practice. Now, I'm sure the left will say, no, no, it should be the other way around. The other way around, it should be, they, they would be tracking the, the, the slaves escaping. No, 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 no. They're saying the women who are going to terminate the life of a baby, denying personhood to this human being, should not be tracked. That would be akin to a slave owner saying they should not be tracked or the slaves they have so that you don't know what they're doing. The left wants to argue that they're the good guys, but... As many pro-lifers point out, everyone in the United States throughout history who has tried to deny personhood, personhood rights to a human has lost. That's true. But hey, conservatives, says a lot about what's going to happen with constitutional rights and civil rights for trans people, too. I don't know where we're going to end up, but boy, is this country fractured. Absolutely is. Roe v. Wade, large employers face tough hurdles to provide abortion benefits if Roe is overturned. Do you know why corporations are providing funding for women to get abortions? I think it's disgusting. A woman who gets pregnant can't work. So they'd rather just have her abort the baby and keep working. That's not how we, we do things at TimCast.com. Over at TimCast, if a woman gets pregnant, I just say, okay, well, you know, let us know when you're ready to work again. Seriously. Yeah, our policy here is both parents should be allowed parental leave, man and woman. A woman who decides to have a child, I will personally keep paying and keep her on payroll, and she can do what she can do until she can't do it. Then she can have as much time as she needs within reason. I mean, come on, let's be reasonable. But it, I, I, we have no set guidelines on that. We also allow people unlimited sick time. If you're sick, bro, don't come to work. I don't want to get sick. I like working. So if you get sick, just don't show up. Do what you can from where you can, but take care of yourself. You know, because uh, I jokingly say we're, we are very lefty on a lot of these issues. We are not capitalist. We are not slave drivers. Maybe that's not even about cap left or right. I don't want a, a person to get an abortion so they can just keep working. What she does is her own business, and it's not for, a, for a, a decision for me to make. If someone who worked for me was pregnant, I, I'm not going to say anything. It's, none of, it's personal business. It's between you and your doctor. That's, what I, that, that's my view. And probably your, your, your husband or the father of the child. But if someone came to me and said, 
you know, what am I going to do? Because I really want to have this baby. I'd be like, don't stress about it. You're going to keep getting a paycheck. You're going to stay on salary. There's no leave. There's no departure. There's literally nothing will change. Just come in when you can come in. That's my policy. Why? I think it's good that people have kids and have families. I encourage people to bring their kids to the workplace within reason. Because having a bunch of young kids running around, you know, all, you know, crazy like, you can't do it all the time. But I understand sometimes people like, I need daycare or I can't. I'm like, no, 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 bring your kid. Your kid should see work. Your kids should see real life. I think this stuff is disgusting. Giving, you know, they're, they're doing it because they want to make money. This is the disgusting notion of capitalism. The people who are just absolutely, free, you know, free market absolutists. This is what you get. You get stuff like this. I'm not about that. Not me, man. So here we go. Where will this bring us come November? Where will this bring us come 2024? Donald Trump gets elected, signs a federal abortion ban. Blue states say we won't comply. The government says you'll have to. Goes in and starts shutting down abortion clinics. Maybe there won't be a civil war, to be completely honest. Because I feel like, will we see state-level militia governance fighting stand up? Maybe not. Maybe not in blue states. But who knows, man? Maybe. You look at these cops in these places, they tend to be more conservative, but will they stay or will they go? And if they do go, who will replace them? Will there be a National Guard in each state that defies the federal government? That's a question, man. That is a big question. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It's no surprise to anyone. The Democrats are seeking to earn political points off of the tragedy in Texas. We've got people screaming for gun control. We've got the viral trend of do something. And Republicans are responding, and not well, I might add. Republicans saying, we need armed teachers. And I'm just like, why? I mean, people should be armed. I think people have a right to keep and bear arms. I just don't think the problem is whether a teacher is armed or not. Apparently, the cops confronted this guy. They let him go into a school and, and lock the door, and they waited outside as parents begged them to do something. So there were armed people there. I guess if the teacher was armed, maybe something would be different. But that, that's an if and a maybe. If police had done their job, I'm not here to rag on cops. I know it's a very difficult situation. Maybe they were worried it would get worse, but they stood outside for like almost an hour. You also have in Parkland, there was security. There was a security guard there. And what didn't he run away or something? Beto O'Rourke interrupts Governor Abbott's news conference on the Texas school shooting. They booed him. Parents booed him and they called him a sick son of a bee. Beto is a sick SOB. So I wake up today. You know, I saw the story yesterday about Beto standing up and going, this is on you. It's your fault. Vote for me. I want to be governor. Talk about disgusting. I, I, you know what, man? This is not, I'm not trying to just rag on Democrats all the time, but it really, really, okay? I'm, it is what it is. I wake up and I'm going on Instagram and I see these posts from these 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 liberals and progressives that I know, and they're cheering on Beto O'Rourke, and they're 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 offering up mindless platitudes akin to thoughts and prayers. Whenever something like this happens, you, you hear a lot of people say thoughts and prayers. I have no issue with that. I have no issue with people who have no political power who are saying, I feel for you. But the left says it's meaningless and empty platitudes. Okay, my point is they're doing the exact same thing. We should have common sense gun reform. That doesn't mean anything. I can say it 50 million times. And so when you get Beto O'Rourke and you get Barack Obama seeking to weaponize this for, for, for political reasons, 
I just throw up in my mouth a little bit. This is why I can't stand Democrats and Republicans. I can't stand them for a different reason. They react to this. Why? Ted Cruz got confronted by a guy from, uh, I think, Sky News. And they said, how come this only happens in the in the U.S.? And then Ted Cruz had something like, because we're the freest nation, stop being a propagandist. And I'm just like, dude, I cannot stand politicians. I can't. Look, the Republicans get some leeway from me, some of the Republicans. The, the reactions here are saying, you know, maybe armed teachers. I can respect there's an attempt at, you know, what can we do to keep kids safe? When you actually look at the data, when you actually look at the laws and you actually look at the story of what happened, you realize that everything proposed by Democrats won't do anything to stop this. I just want to stress 3D printed guns exist. You can literally buy a 3D printer for a couple hundred bucks. You can print a gun. So what are you going to do about it? Guns are here. It's a cultural problem where a lunatic guy killed his grandmother, was chased by cops to a school where the door wasn't, my understanding is the door wasn't supposed to be open. And he went in and the cops stood outside. And this is, this is the shocking thing, right? Let me, let me show you this. From Breitbart, Texas shooter barricaded himself in for 40, 40 minutes as police waited. So when I hear Republicans say, arm the teachers, okay, what happens when the next shooter bar bar barricades himself in a classroom and the teacher's not there? There are people here who are armed. That wasn't the issue. Now, by all means, I think the idea of gun-free zones is the stupidest thing ever. There's a meme going around where it's like a guy and it says next shooter and there's armed teachers and gun-free zone. Which way are you going to go? Obviously, the gun-free zone. I just don't think there is a solution at the policy level, at the gun level, or maybe even to a certain degree, the mental health level. It's cultural. We have school shootings. This wasn't a traditional school shooting as we, we, we typically refer to them, right? You, you have some, some of these instances where a crazy person goes to a school as opposed to actually attending the school. You know what I mean? Like typically when these things happen, it's like someone who was bullied or someone who went there. We can't predict when a crazy person will show up to a place and attack kids. So you get people like Beto O'Rourke. I want to show you the, the, the reaction to this. We got Beto O'Rourke and we got Barack Obama from Breitbart. Com. Barack Obama uses Texas shooting to memorialize George Floyd. I see this photo and it, and it is exactly Breitbart did got got me to feel exactly what they wanted me to feel by posting this image of George Floyd with wings forever breathing in our hearts. We have a cultural sickness. Our culture is sick. It is dying. That's it. And that's why, you know, People don't like, some people don't like to hear it, but I talk about civil war and I do because this is not tenable. George Floyd was a, a criminal abuser drug addict. That does not mean his death was warranted, but it certainly means you don't memorialize the man. If we cannot look up to people of greatness anymore, and this is what we get to look forward to, victimhood. We are decaying, decayed. <clears throat> All of these problems that we experience that are like, you know, okay, a little too over buck. Many of the problems we experience, like these shootings, like George Floyd or police, cultural decay. And from that decay is emerging the culture war. Now, left and right means who knows what. Uh, I suppose in certain contexts, tribal signifier. 
So in the sphere of influence, let's call it the woke and the anti-woke. I know you can call a libertarian, authoritarian, you can call a lot of things. Certainly, I fall in the anti-woke sphere of influence, but uh, I, I lean left on a lot of issues. This is why the left would call me right wing and the right would call me left because I'm to the left of them on cultural issues. But what you got to understand is you have the traditional left, right, liberal, conservative, conservative American paradigm, and then you have the woke cult left, as we call it. There's some overlap for sure. But to those of us who believe in freedom, to those of us who believe in stories of, say, the hero's journey, to those of us who look up to people of greatness, the left certainly does not. That, like we, we exist in that sphere of influence. So why is it that you might be a conservative and you would agree with me who's more liberal? Why is it that I would fall into the traditional pro-choice spectrum, but sit down and, and share a laugh and make jokes and work on content together with someone who's a conservative Catholic like Seamus Coughlin? Because we agree on most things, but we have strong disagreements on various other issues. And I'm, I'm more, um, I don't know, I suppose flexible on, uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to hear ideas. I'm willing to, to be wrong on things. And I, we all generally think authoritarianism is bad. But I can hear what Seamus has to say and disagree. Outside the sphere of influence, you have cultural decay. It is a chaotic and destructive force that yearns for power. It is a mass of disparate, broken ideologies that is doing whatever it can to steal power. Beto O'Rourke, Barack Obama. What was Beto doing? When he, when, he, when he goes in, he starts yelling during a press conference when parents are trying to learn about what's going on with this, with, with, with this shooting and what's happened, happened with their school. What was going through his mind was that there are zombie-like NPCs, if you would, mindless drones lusting for power, an amalgam of, of just cultural decay, the, the refuse and excrement of our culture bonded together saying, give more. Beto offers up nothing. Let me show you. Let me show you. All right. Here we go. Beto O'Rourke archived from his website. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, says Beto O'Rourke, because he thought it was going to earn him votes. Hey, what's this? From K KLTV. From Beto O'Rourke, I'm not interested in taking anything from anyone. What I want to make sure we do is we defend the Second Amendment. Talk about a scumbag. Which is it, brother? Which idea are you going to sling to the public now in a desperate attempt to cling to power? I can't stand these people. Barack Obama seeks to memorialize George Floyd, a drug addict abuser who resisted arrest. Again, that doesn't mean he's warranted, the, the death was warranted. No, I, I'm, I think that was wrong and, and potentially manslaughter. I'm saying you don't memorialize the guy. You condemn the action and say, yo, this is not a guy we should look up to and give him angel wings and talk about forever breathing in our hearts. This was a bad dude in a lot of ways. Now, you know, when I hear the story of George Floyd and the drug addiction and all that stuff, I'm not here to condemn drug addicts, even George Floyd. I'm here to say these people need help. But since when were the stories of aspiration about those who were the, the dregs of society? Now, when the story is redemption, we prop that up. When the story is someone who says is a crack addict, and then they say, maybe they find something that turns their life around, start a business, become particularly wealthy. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe they sell pillows or something. You know, that's a story that we look up to and say, this is somebody who found the light. George Floyd was not. 
And while I'm saddened by what happened to him because we want to help people, it is not someone you, you, you paint memorials to or build statues to. One day in the future, a child is going to look up to the statue of George Floyd. They build statues to this guy. And they're going to say, wow, I want to be like him. Doing drugs and then dying in police custody? No, you don't. You know, we want to call out these stories. And I can certainly understand to a certain degree why we want to paint murals. I do. To remember that this guy lost his life and he should not have. He should not have. But I think as a society, we have this, this, this growing part of what makes the culture war a culture war is this, as I mentioned, this grotesque amalgam of disparate sycophants and, you know, people hungry for power that will say or do whatever they have to. You guys remember when that George Floyd mural exploded? Struck by lightning, they say. There's a wall. Painted. And it had George Floyd painted on it with a crown. Lightning struck the side of the building, blowing out only the outer brick facade, leaving the inner wall intact. And the rest of the mural intact. Only George Floyd was blown up. Some people say it was divine action. I don't know. But I see that and I'm just like, whether it was just pure chance, it is a statement indeed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is what we get. Let me show you. When Beto O'Rourke storms into this press conference after kids died, I just, I gotta say, man, this guy is a sick SOB. O'Rourke is a disgusting human being. I'm not going to sit here and defend Ted Cruz on everything, okay? Ted Cruz was so weak and feckless flying to Cancun during the power, you know, outage or whatever, uh, the, 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 you know, the freezing of the wind turbines or whatever it was. I'm not a fan of any of these politicians for the most part. Thomas Massey is a cool guy. You know, I was critical of him in the past, but, uh, you know, learning more about him and seeing what he's all about and hearing what he has to say, yeah, I was wrong. And uh, I was definitely wrong on the COVID lockdown stuff. I like Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, too. It's, it's so funny how uh, they go after her and stuff like that. They're a handful of good people. Lauren Boebert, like, these are, these are people who are fighting that I can respect and I don't agree with completely. But take a look at this. Let's pull up Reddit. Here's the public freakout. Robert Francis O'Rourke interrupts Abbott's press conference. And what do people say? Now's not the time to politicize this. Where have I heard that before? Yes, let's wait until the next mass shooting occurs. Morons. Sorry, dude. I'm, you know, sometimes I just don't like insulting people like that. But let me just, I, I don't want to keep saying the same things over and over again, but there, what could you do? Tell me what you can do, okay? Because you haven't offered up anything. No one has. Let's politicize this. Why? Because no one has any answers to our cultural decay? Texas shooter was outside for 40 minutes. Police were begging, apparently. Go in there. Go in there. Parents reportedly shouted. Rep. Tony Gonzalez told CNN the standoff occurred after shots had been fired, during which there was a lull in the action. Police didn't want to risk themselves. Cultural decay. The security guard in Parkland ran away. I believe that's what happened. I think he got in trouble for that. Cultural decay. I watched a video. Remember, remember in Philadelphia, a man raped a woman on a train 
as bystanders watched. Sickening cultural decay. Now, I talked with Ian about that on Tim Cast IRL on the members only show, and he said he wouldn't do anything. And I understand his point. I understand what he was saying. I disagreed, though. I was like, nah, I dropkicked that dude. Yo, if I saw a guy raping a woman, I'd, 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 I'd hit him. I'd strike him. I would stop him. I would defend that woman. Because something about that just strikes you at, the, at your core, like demonic evil. But why did n no one respond? Cultural decay. I'll say it for the 50 billionth time. I did a segment. It's like one of those popular segments I've ever done, and it was four years ago. And I think it was four years ago. It was about how men are no longer helping women and children. Got like two million views. Crazy. And uh, I read the story about a guy who was in a, I think it was in a mall. And there was a little kid crying and looking around with no adult around him. The man sees the kid, slowly turns around and walks away. Someone eventually comes and helps the kid. And there was a woman there who was a, a journalist for a local outlet who saw this and ran to the man and said, I'm just curious why you didn't help that child. And he said, people would accuse me of being a kidnapper or an abuser, and then I'd have to defend myself. But I mean, think about it. Lost kid, adult, walks up to the kid. Where's your parents? What's wrong? Someone sees the kids crying and says, what are you doing with that child? Who are you? What are you doing? You're a kidnapper. So he's like, screw that. I'm out. You have a dude raping a woman on a subway train. Why would someone want to intervene? They'll be accused of who knows what. Depending on the race of the perpetrator, they could be called racist. What if the dude attacks them, pulls out a knife? Who's going to defend them? He could get sued. Stay back, mind your own business, and get out while you still can. That is the mentality of this country. I just watched another video. It was posted on, uh, it was on Twitter. And there is a black dude on a subway train in New York attacking people. He sits on a person, I think a woman, and then she moves and he sits down next to her. It might be a different woman. And she tries to get up and he grabs her hair and pulls her down. And the woman begins to cry. And everyone just watches. They just watch as he does this to her. In that instance, I thought to myself, what would I do? And I'll be completely honest. In that instance, right there, pulling the woman's hair and holding her down. I don't know if I would intervene. When it comes to the dude on the subway train in Philadelphia raping that woman. I mean, look, I'd, I'd, I'd probably lose my mind. I might kick that dude hard. I don't know. I don't want to say too much because of the legalities and stuff like that, but I'd stop that guy. I'd do whatever I could. And that means probably risking my life. Now, a guy pulling on a woman's hair is bad until he crosses a certain line. I don't know, you know, if you could, if you want to escalate the situation. The guy's sitting down. He's grabbed the woman by the hair. I certainly think if we were in a better cultural circumstance, this wouldn't happen. The issue is... When it comes to the woman being attacked and raped, that's a line that I'd probably go into a blind rage. And I think most of you would probably agree. You probably wouldn't think you wouldn't care and you'd just be like, not in my town, not in front of me. This is not happening. Someone pulling a woman's hair and you're like, in a normal, in, in, in a healthy society, everyone would come together and detain this guy, stop him. But we are not in a healthy society. And so therein lies the challenge where people's limits are. They see this happen and they say, if I intervene, that guy could could pull out a knife. He could start hitting me, attack me, and no one will help. And that's probably the reality. And that's why no one does. So escalate the situation into extreme violence because he's pulling on a woman's hair. Tough call. I'm sure many of you would say, absolutely. Grab him, fight him, do what you have to do. I respond with, you have no support, you have no backup, and no one cares about you. Maybe it's better to de-escalate. Now, if he advanced, you know, beyond just pulling her hair, you know, I might snap. 
Hearing that story about the guy on the train blew my mind. Absolutely. That a guy could do this and people would sit down and watch. It was 10 years ago that Luke Rutkowski of We Are Changed, We Are, we are Changed, I don't know why I added a D. We Are Changed filmed a video, um, I think it was just around 10 years ago, called, uh, what was it called? Just Keep Going, You've Got Nothing Left to Lose or something like that. Watch it, it's a good video. Luke, who lived in New York at the time, said that, you know, he travels on the subway all the time and people never talk to each other. They, they, they even avoid looking at each other. They just mind their own business. They're on a train with millions of people every day and they just look down and ignore everybody else. They never talk to each other. That's horrifying and disgusting. And I think that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. How is it you get cultural decay to the point where you have mass shootings? Because people don't care about each other. Because people are narcissistic. Because they don't view anyone as part of their community. When you have thousands to millions of people on the train and not a single person greets or smiles or shakes hands or waves or talks to anybody. When you have stories where it's like a guy will post on Reddit, you know, I take the, the, the R train every day to work and the same woman is always at the same stop and I've never talked to her. It's like, why not? She's your neighbor. I mean, you'd think after like the third time you'd be like, hey, you know, fancy seeing you here. So you, you, you take the same train as me. Cool. Like we can, we can talk. We're neighbors. How's life? What do you do? That's cool. Nobody does. No one does this. Nobody wants to. They have their own weird inner circles. They don't talk to each other. And then no one cares about each other. I do not believe humans were meant to function at this scale. We can find a way to function. But it's out of sync with evolution, as it were. And I mean that figuratively and literally. We did not, we, we have rapidly expanded so fast. The Industrial Revolution population expansion was so rapid and changes were so quick Culturally, we haven't adapted properly, in my opinion, to a lot of these things, particularly social media and the internet. And that is, I think, very much fossil fuels. The Industrial Revolution, all of a sudden, population exploded. Technology started exploding rapidly, and we haven't adapted. You know, what's fascinating is there was a period where several hundred, for several hundred years, tech technological development was very slow. I was reading about, you know, how guns were invented, right? The revolver specifically in cartridges, interchangeable cartridges. So um, we had, most of you know, flintlock pistols. You'd take it and you'd stuff it and, and then and you'd get like one shot off before taking another minute to reload. And then I'm like, at what point did we get a cartridge where you can put it in and go bang and put it in and go bang, right? So they, they made those. Then they had a bunch of uh, uh, other inventions. Uh, first, I think it was percussion cap. Percussion cap was you'd stuff it like a flintlock. But instead of doing a flint, uh, uh, pouring the, 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 uh, the gunpowder, black powder on the side and then striking flint, they made percussion caps that you'd stick to the back and a hammer would hit it. That would create the spark that it would ignite and fire the musket ball. Then they had, uh, uh, I believe cartridges were getting invented and you had pin fire where a pin was sticking out of the cartridge and the hammer would hit the pin on it, striking the, the round. And it's like, Someone eventually was like, why don't we put the pin on the gun instead of on every bullet? And it's like, why didn't you come up with that sooner? The fascinating thing is it took hundreds of years to get to that point. And then the Industrial Revolution happened and, and the expansion of technology was just insane. And it comes with population growth. I think from this, we have had access to information, weapons, power to a degree that humans had not seen for a long time. And so culturally, with our population expansion being so rapid, with the ability to kill being, being so readily available, with information flying so rapidly, people are losing their minds because of the internet and because of social media. People are becoming increasingly more violent 
and um, because of the, you know the the, the the general hyperpolarization and psychosis emerging from social media, they're becoming increasingly more narcissistic. And with the ease of access to weapons, they're acting upon these things. And with no one caring about each other in their community, it ends up with a disparate, fractured, angry, violent culture. I have to wonder about what happened in Nivaldi. How many of these parents knew each other? How much you want to bet they didn't? Isn't that weird? I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say that they did not. I'm saying how much do you want to bet they did not? Thinking about that context, how many of you have kids in schools and you don't know any of the parents or you barely know the parents of other kids in your child's classroom? Isn't that weird? You know, when I was growing up, I went to Catholic school for a little bit and the parents all knew each other because they would, because of mass, because we would mass, we'd, we'd go to church and the parents would see the parents of other kids and they'd see the kids there. But if your kids just go to school and you don't go to parent functions, how much do you really know the parents of these other kids in your, in, in your class? What if there's a bully? What if there's a kid getting bullied? What if that kid is increasingly losing his mind and you don't know because you've not paid attention? Let me just, let me just without you know, going too crazy and too long on this, let me wrap up with this. How is it that it took Zoom classrooms and COVID for parents to finally learn that their children were being groomed? Isn't that weird? I didn't experience that. My parents were always like, what did you learn in school? In Catholic school, at least. When I went to public school, kind of just didn't become an issue. And it's like, man, you learned some wacky stuff from these kids in school. It's weird to me. That people just don't know about what's happening in their own classroom with their own kids. Don't you want to know what your kids are being taught? How? It, it's, my, it, it's shocking to me. Yeah, I know. And then here come all the comments saying Tim Pool doesn't have kids. Let me tell you. When I was growing up, when I was a little kid, I was homeschooled before starting grade school, and I went to grade school, and then after eighth grade, uh, I went to freshman, high, uh, freshman year at Kennedy in Chicago for a couple of months and then dropped out and was homeschooled. That was it. When I turned 18, I took a couple uh, courses at a community college, I think like two. I took a yoga class too, because like, I, here's the funny thing. You want to know how the game works? Don't have a high school diploma? Take a yoga course at a local community college for 100 bucks, and now your highest level of education is some college. There you go. That one's on me. But so, so for me, my family was always very much involved in you know, what I was learning. I was always asking my parents questions. That's why it's to me, I hear these stories where it's like parents didn't know what was going on in their classrooms and with these schools, and I just thought that was weird. Because maybe, maybe it's because you know, my mom wanted to be a teacher. She actually has a YouTube channel with over 100,000 subscribers doing, doing tutorials for, for, you know, school stuff. And I, I wonder if it's because my mom wanted to be involved and cared about what we were learning. Does that mean that parents today don't? I think so. You may not want to hear it. You might say, I'm just so busy, it's hard for me to be involved. I don't, I don't accept that. I've had so many people come to me and say, I wish I could do what you do. This, particularly when I was traveling the world doing journalism. And I say, just go do it. If you really wanted it, you would. Actions speak louder than words. Telling me you want something does not mean you do. I'm sorry. Certainly, you can express a desire for something. But I think people who truly want things take them. How did I come to be on YouTube with so many subscribers, with, with you know, all of you watching? I didn't start a YouTube channel making money. I started a YouTube channel making no money. And I'll tell you. I worked at, at, at corporate press for a while. I saved up as much as I could. And then when I left, I said, okay, 
I'm going to start making YouTube videos. And you know what? For the first several months, I was losing money. And there was a period where I thought to myself, like, I, I, doing, doing my budgeting, I'm like, how much longer can I really do this at the current rate? And I was like, well, you know, eventually I'll run out of money. I'll move back home and that'll be the end of it. But I'm going to keep doing it because I really want to. That's all it is. I just, I just feel like I want to turn that camera on and say something. So I did. Losing money. Then I remember that a certain point, like six, seven months later, I had Patreon and I was, I was actually breaking even. I was like, wow, I can pay my rent now. That's it. My savings are no longer being depleted. That's it. I'm good. I'm done. I can pay my rent. Didn't have any health care or anything like that and was eating. Cool. Now I can keep doing this. And it took like six months. And then after a year, I was like, I'm actually making a living. It's actually less than I was making at corporate press, but I was like, I just want to do it. Everything I do and everything we do at TimCast is because I want to do something. I'm not sitting here thinking about how to make money doing it it's because I want to. I feel like if you really wanted to be involved with your kids' lives, you would be. Not everybody can. I get it. I get it. Some people work so hard, you know, 16-hour days to just pay the bills to keep their kids fed. I get it. You know, I'm not saying people aren't experiencing hardship. I'm saying but there are a lot of people out there who aren't paying attention. And even if you are working 16-hour days, because I know the people who are, and I worked with them, you've, you've got to find time to, to, to ask your kids, what's going on, man? Tell me what's up. Otherwise, cultural decay. Homeschool your kids, I think, a return to community. This is why religion, I think, is so important. Not that religion itself is, is correct, but that it does connect people, at the very least. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Ricky Gervais released a new comedy special the other day, and in it, he makes jokes about trans people. Well, more so he makes jokes about cancel culture and how trans activists are some of the leading proponents of cancel culture, and thus they have come to prove his point. The beast of cancel culture, my friends, it has recoiled from the attack from Ricky Gervais, swinging his mighty holy sword at this monster. The corporate press is freaking out. And of course, they're going to throw everything they can towards Mr. Gervais because he made jokes. But let me give you some simple context. In this comedy special, he talks about how you say something 10 years ago and they ban you for it today. He said, you go back 10 years, you're not going to find any tweets from people saying women don't have penises because no one thought you'd have to say it. But now he's saying it. He makes a really good point. If you actually watch the comedy special, he says the reason why he makes he's like, I make jokes about X, Y, Z, ABC, religion, politics, you know, people with HIV, all of that stuff. And I also make jokes about trans people, because if you want equality, we include you in that. Of course, he delivered it in a much funnier way because he's a comedian and I'm not. But he basically says, if you want to be equal to everyone else, we get to make fun of you. That's it. That's that's how humor works. But of course, proving him right in every way, a series of smears have surfaced, of course. But I just want to highlight this because I, I think it's funny. And I think it goes to show what's going on with Netflix. They're they're recoiling. You know, they had a massive churn rate, one of the biggest spikes in lost users when cuties came out, or I should say with the cuties controversy. Now they're hurting again. And they're like, we've got to cut the fat. We've got to get rid of this controversial woke garbage because it won't allow us to make good content. And Ricky Gervais, one of the most famous comedians in the world, of course, is going to take flack. 
They likely knew it was coming. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me show you these smear pieces. And I show you these because um, here's what you need to understand. When you're fighting the demon and you take your holy saber and you hold it and shine a light on the darkness and it recoils, this is what we're seeing. The beast is stunned. F. Ricky Gervais. Nish Kumar clip resurfaces after comedian's controversial Netflix special. Controversial to who? Or is it to whom? To who? Whatever. You get the point. Trans people are just the latest to get it in the neck from comedians who can't be bothered to try at their jobs anymore, said the comic. I actually thought Ricky Gervais was really funny. We also have another story. Comedian James Acaster, Acaster, take down of Ricky Gervais trends following anti-trans Netflix special. Then we have USA Today from Ricky Gervais to Dave Chappelle. Netflix has a trans bashing comedy problem. Ha, ha, ha. Cry more. Dude, you can make fun of people. That's it. You know, Ricky makes a bunch of really good points, too. He's like, there are people who genuinely believe that what I'm saying is true. Now, I'll throw some shade towards Ricky Gervais. He does not get off clean and easy. Comedians do, Seamus refers to this on, on, on Seamus Coglin of Freedom Tunes. He calls it clown nose on, clown nose off. What will happen is you'll get a comedian who will make a joke and it will be rooted in a false premise. And when you say, dude, come on, the premise of that is false, clown nose on, it's a joke. Calm down. I know. And then they take it off and say guns, guns, guns and other stuff. When they want to get politically active, they're no longer being a comedian. Now they're speaking truth to power. I'm a big fan of George Carlin. But if you listen to George Carlin's stuff, there's a lot he just doesn't understand. And there's a lot he, he, I liked. He was a left libertarian kind of guy. He ragged on the U.S. government, screwing you over on oligarchy and capital and all of that really awful stuff. And what I mean by capital is I don't mean capitalism. I mean oligopoly and corporatism. I mean like wealth and power. And then there were a lot of things he just did not understand. But he was a comedian. And so I see this in comedy, and it's frustrating when, they'll, when, when George Carlin starts doing a political bit, or any politician, or, or I'm sorry, any, any comedian does a political bit, and they say, I'm just doing comedy. But people get their views based on your comedy. And there it is. This is why I think this is so important, these stories. I often wonder how it is that you and I, we, we know facts. We, we know about what's, what real life is like. Why is it that all these Democrats are coming out and saying, we got to ban guns. We got to ban the AR-15. And I'm like, okay, you ban the AR-15, but my SCAR-20S is chilling. My M1A, my AK, like, come on, what are you talking about? It's because they get their news from comedians. For real. They're probably watching John Oliver and they think what he's saying is true. It's funny because Snopes will often do these fact checks of the Babylon Bee. And then you'll see people be like, why are you fact checking satire? And I'm kind of like, well, you know, it is silly, but people believe this stuff. How come Snopes isn't doing a fact check on John Oliver who lies all the time? Okay, okay. I don't want to say lie. Who is wrong all the time or is engaged in sophistry? Here, here's what it is. Ricky Gervais feels like he can poke the bear. But I think what we're starting to see is the rise of performative anti-wokeism. It is popular to call out crazy people like, you know, cancel culture ideologues. It's 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 becoming popular. Good, good. If this means that a bunch of normies are going to be like, oh, well, I think cancel culture is bad, too, and we should call them out. OK, fine, I'll take it. But I don't believe that they actually care. 
And that's why you'll see things where these people go, I 100% stand behind trans people. Let me make a joke that's popular among certain elements of the right and then go back to supporting politicians who are gutting the system. Let me read some of these hit pieces and uh, get more to the point that um, cancel culture's beast is being smacked down. So Nish Kumar, I don't really know or care about. We have this one, a clip from Acaster's 2019 show, Cold Lasagna, Hate Myself 1999, mocks edgy comedians punching down. Oh, really? The clip from Cold Lasagna, blah, 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 sees the usually mild matter comic satirizing edgy performers like Gervais, whom he names directly. They say whatever they like, edgy comedians. No one tells them what they can and can't say. They walk straight on stage, top of their special sometimes, and do a solid 10 minutes just slagging off transgender people, Akister says. Mere minutes into Supernature, which debuted Tuesday, Gervais' opening jokes include one about gender-fluid comic Eddie Izzard and trans women, which he describes as new women. Akister continues in cold lasagna. People on the internet get upset about it. The comedian's always like, bad luck, that's my job, I'm a stand-up comedian, I'm here to challenge people, if you don't like being challenged, don't watch my show, what's the matter guys, too challenging for you? He adds, yeah, because you know who's been long overdue for a challenge? The trans community. They've had their guard down for too long, if you ask me, they'll all be checking their privilege on the way home, thanks to you, you brave little cis boy. Oh man, I love it. Because you have uh, this community of people who get everyone banned. I mean, it is. It is trans ideologue. So Ricky Gervais has responded to the criticism. All right. And he made a good point. On tw- I'll get to it in a second. But on Twitter, what one community gets everyone banned if you criticize them? I mean, it's the trans community or trans ideologue activists, gender, gender uh, ideologue activists. I, I mention this all the time when talking about Twitter's rules, that there is a special rule for trans people. There's no special rule for anorexic people. There's no special rule for dentists. They have a high suicide rate. So yeah, it is important to call that out. Ricky Gervais hits back at critics over transphobic Netflix routine, insisting most people only get offended when they mistake the subject of his gags. Comedian Gervais hits back at his critics after Twitter's woke brigade turned on the comic for mocking cancel culture. I'll just pause. Ricky, congratulations on once again getting a second segment out of me and everybody else. And uh, I wonder how much attention this will generate for you. Being an edgy comic works, doesn't it? They say. In Supernature, he goes and he makes these jokes. His jokes were later described as dangerous material by an American LGBTQ rights group, while Stonewall accused him of making fun of trans people. I'm going to pause right, right, right here and say, I don't care. I don't care who's getting made fun of. I really don't. I grew up watching South Park and Family Guy. And in that show... They use racial slurs. And there's actually an episode where Eric Cartman dresses up like Hitler and starts chanting things against Jewish people. And it's all just a comedy bit. In fact, they're making fun of racists, if anything. But they use these slurs. They say these things all the time. And it's funny. It is. It's comedy. It's remarkable to me that the generation that grew up on South Park and Family Guy is so offended by all of this stuff. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He said, forget your base. I think that's what comedy is for, really. To get us through stuff and I deal in taboo subjects because I want to take the audience to a place it hasn't been before, even for a split second. Most offense comes from when people mistake the subject of a joke with the actual target. I think that's what comedy is for. Yeah, 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 he said that already. Getting us over taboo subjects so they're not scary anymore. So I deal with everything, and I think we second-guess the audience too much. Just minutes into his opening monologue, he goes and he makes these jokes, as we know. When someone says to me, oh, they're not funny, even if I agree with them, I say, well, you can't say that you don't find them funny. You can't say that you don't find them funny. I, I hate when people say that joke was offensive. No, you've got to say you found it offensive. It's all about feelings, and feelings are personal. Turning his attention to a new brand of woke comedy— in which he says comics are required to sign a waiver before their sets, promising not to say anything contentious. He told the audience he would rather watch American stand-up comedian Louis C.K. masturbate. Bravo, Ricky. Can't mention him anymore. He's canceled. Not enough to apologize and move on, he jokes. I don't know if anyone would actually rather watch that. Here's Glad. They said, we watched the Ricky Gervais comedy special, they put it in quotes, on Netflix so you don't have to. It's full of graphic, dangerous, anti-trans rants masquerading as jokes. He also spouts anti-gay rhetoric and spreads inaccurate information about HIV. Who cares? You're losing. You are zealous authoritarians. Dude, we make fun of everybody all the time. I like it. I do. You know, I grew up in an area with a bunch of people of different backgrounds, different races, different ethnicities, different religions. And when people would make fun of everybody, it was kind of, it was uh, equalizing is one way to put it. When, when someone, when, when everybody was referred to by their racial slur, it was just meant to be stupid, but everybody was dragged. No one was safe. If you fell asleep with your shoes on, you were fair game. Didn't matter if you were gay, straight, black, white, Asian, Mexican, whatever. You were part of our friend group. Man, that was so magical to me growing up. And now we don't have it because these special interest groups are whiny babies who can't take jokes. You'd go and hang out at a party. Some dude falls asleep with his shoes on. You fall asleep with your shoes on, you're fair game. That's the rule. And you wake up with drawings on your face or like we would stack objects on your head. And we didn't care about what, you, what church you went to or the color of your skin, or whether you liked dudes or did not like dudes. You're just part of the group, man. You get, you get picked on, and you get, you get you know, ribbed at, same as anybody else. And that's the reality of equality. They don't want to call it comedy. It is. Because we're all in this together. And that means that if Ricky Gervais is going to make fun of people who are victims of terror attacks, if he's going to make fun of, you know, make fun of vic- people who are victims of violent crime, and I, I, even George Carlin, I think George Carlin had a bit on why rape is funny. And if he wants to make those jokes, what is, what is his bit? Earmuffs for your kids. He says, some people say you can't joke about rape. It's not funny, they say. Well, I think it's funny. He says, a mouse raping a deer. It's funny. That, I don't know. I, I think the joke is funny, like pointing out the absurdities in that circumstance. But uh, you get the point. Even George Carlin says this. During Kevin Hart's decision, uh, discussing Kevin Hart's decision to remove himself from hosting the Oscars, After his 2018 historical homophobic tweets emerged, oh heavens, you can't predict what will be offense in the future. You don't know who the dominant mob will be. Bravo. Let's talk about cancel culture. It's funny right now. Conservatives are like, we shouldn't have graphic sexual materials for children in schools. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, I get that. And then I see all these leftists being like, the right is engaging in cancel culture of these books. And I'm like, dude, we've always banned graphic sexual depictions from children's libraries. This is not a new thing. The right is not just adopting this. Oh, but they're in a cult and they get their news from comedians who don't tell them the truth because they're just trying to get a laugh and make money. That's the problem. It's not the comedians. It's the people with their unhealthy news diet. That's it. You know, if you get your news from John Oliver or Trevor Noah, that's akin to you eating ice cream for dinner. Now, sure, sometimes it's fine. Ice cream's not that bad. No, I mean, I mean, seriously, a little high in sugar, but not even that much, to be completely honest. It's got sugar in it. You'll be surprised that you get more sugar in like a can of Coke than like a serving of ice cream. No joke. But uh, why don't you buy low, low sugar ice cream and then you're fine. You're dealing with high fats. Not all bad. You don't want to go crazy on the fat, I guess, unless you're doing keto. But every so often, you can have a nice bowl of ice cream for dinner if that's all you want. But you can't do it every single day. You probably aren't going to be doing too well. So this is what happens. Ricky Gervais, all of this comedy stuff exemplifies a big aspect of the culture war problem. Why is that right now? I have these leftists. These, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize, leftists. These liberals. Because the leftists are pro-gun. I have these liberals saying things like, we should ban guns. And I'm just like, did you get your news from a comedian? Because if you actually talk to anybody who knew anything about guns, they would give you an honest understanding of why that makes no sense. Ban the guns, says the person who never heard of 3D printed guns. And 3D printed guns can be fully plastic. Except for the firing pin, I think, which is a thumbtack. Not only that, people make pipe shotguns. Like, yo, I'm in Egypt, right? They made their own single shot break action sh 12 gauges. This is crazy. Pistols. They made you, you, you open it, you put the shell in it, you close it, you pull the hammer back and boom. And then you break it. And they made those. Not hard to do. These people don't know what they're talking about. And they don't because they don't want to know what they're talking about. It's like that comic. You ever see the one where the guy's like, I'm angry. And the guy goes, here's a solution. He goes, I don't. And then he burns it. And he goes, I don't want a solution. I want to be angry. That's it. That's what we're dealing with. In another joke towards the end of the show, in which he addresses self-identity, Gervais says he supports trans rights. Yeah, well, we talked about this in the last segment, right? He basically says, meet me halfway, ladies, lose the cock. Right. Well, look, he's making jokes that are meant to poke the bear. The left wants to keep acting like trans people don't have political power when they have special rule sets. Sorry, that gives them special power. Just because a community is more, more prone to self-harm does not mean they're deserving of special access. And I don't think what they're doing is actually helping anyone. It's, it's, it's almost like two degrees of grooming. At the lower level, you have platforms where people actually groom kids and encourage them to adopt certain behaviors. You have teachers doing that. Not every teacher, liberal, calm down, I'm saying there are some that do. You then have societal grooming. You know what I mean by this is when big tech platforms ban criticism of trans ideology, and they did for a long time, it seems to be easing up a little bit. You end up with people who can only see good things. Here's what happens. Let's say you got an 18 year old. They're a legal adult. They can make decisions for themselves. They go online and they're questioning their gender identity. They see forums, they see posts, they see personalities, all praising and celebrating being trans. And they think, wow, it really is that good, huh? Everyone seems so happy, so accomplished. What they don't see is that the detransitioners and those critical of transgender ideology are banned. What they don't see is that scientific studies 
addressing trans issues like rapid onset gender dysphoria are banned. That is the danger of not challenging dominant ideologies. And as much as these people want to argue it's not, yo, every single company in June turns their Twitter profile picture to a rainbow flag. You tell me that it's not dominant ideology. It is. Maybe you're mad that there are conservatives in this country who don't agree with you. But when Amazon and Walmart are espousing that message and selling that merch, it is a dominant ideology. And when you can't criticize it, then bad things happen. Here's Vox.com. With Ricky Gervais's new special, Netflix yet again suffers transphobic fools. What about anything else Ricky Gervais made fun of? What about any other group? He's made fun of conservatives and Trump supporters. Are we now going to see corporate press coming out and be like, stop making fun of Trump supporters? And they'll say Trump supporters aren't marginalized groups. This is the, this is the game they play. The ideology that, that they want is the victim. And if you're the victim, you get privileged access. No, I don't play that game. I don't think anybody should be given privileged access. I don't think anyone is off limits. I think that if somebody wants to make jokes about, say, the Holocaust or Pearl Harbor or 9-11, go for it and you will piss people off. And it's your choice to piss them off. Now, Netflix wants to make money and Ricky Gervais's comedy is popular. You know, it's funny, too, because like, you know, I'm not a comedian, so I don't I've not made public jokes but I've in private told jokes that are extremely offensive. I do it all the time. Uh, here's one. This one might get me in trouble, but I don't care. It's, this is a joke. It's, uh, I can't remember which comedian. If you guys know the comedian who made this one up, uh, comment. But I saw it on Twitter. Someone posted it. They said, the issue uh, that I face with abortion is that I'm for killing babies, but I'm against giving women the choice. The reason that's a joke is not because you actually support killing babies and not because you actually want to take away women's choice. It's because it's the inversion of the extremes that no one would agree with. Hence, the joke. It's a, it's a joke. You don't really mean it. It's funny because it inverts what the actual issues are. You know, women shouldn't have a choice and you should. It's like not the left and the conservatives both don't want that. Although I have to admit, I don't know if Democrats actually do or don't want that. Well, we'll talk about the abortion stuff because we, we have this new bill that just went through in Oklahoma, which bans abortion. I'll talk about that maybe in the next segment, the main 4 p.m. segment. But anyway, you get the point. Jokes don't always mean reality. However, if there was someone who actually was in favor of killing babies, like an abortion doctor, and then they said that, you might be like, dude, Maybe not so appropriate, right? Comedians can play that clown knows on, clown knows off thing. And I think it's important to point out that it's not always just this game where you can come out and say, I'm just kidding. I, I, can, I can agree with that. So this is the interesting thing. When we talked about this, even Seamus, who's conservative, pointed out, if Ricky Gervais comes out and says this stuff about trans people, and then he's like, I'm kidding, it's all jokes. Seamus points out, yeah, but comedians do this a lot, where they'll be like, they'll say something controversial, and when people don't like it, they'll say, uh, I was just kidding. It was just a joke. You can't get mad at me. Yeah. Sometimes you can. Sometimes things, you know, uh, we would question. If someone's a, a known racist outright and they're constantly making jokes about black people, you might actually then be like, bro, you've crossed the line out of comedy. But for someone like Ricky Gervais, who's not transphobic, and he wants to make jokes about cancel culture and a bunch of things. Yo, this we understand. 
he doesn't really b b want bad things for any of these people. Although, every joke has its truth. So it's not absolute, right? But uh, long story short, my friends, thanks for hanging out. This just shows the beast of cancel culture is, is recoiling in the face of the light. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.